This is the day that the Lord has made, and so we will rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church and our worship today on this Palm Sunday. Whether you are a longtime member with us or visiting us for the very first time, we are so grateful you have found us and so glad you are worshiping with us this day. Out of care and concern for our church and our greater community, we continue to postpone all programs, activities, and in-person worship until further notice. Worship will continue to be available through our website at www.mpcusa.org. There you can also find a home worship bulletin so that you can follow along in some of the liturgy that we will be going through today. It is not needed, but if you would like, go back to our home page to the virtual worship tab and you can find a uh, button for our home worship bulletin. Even though we are keeping socially distant, there are many ways that we are staying connected as a church family. We continue to post regular updates on Facebook and Instagram and have various Zoom opportunities throughout the week. This particular week, we are going to have our Maundy Thursday service as part of our Holy Week journey. This service will be over Zoom at 7 p.m. on Thursday. We invite you to check your email in the coming days for updates about how you can join this special uh, Holy Week service in the life of our church. And if you don't already receive our email updates, we invite you to subscribe at the bottom of our website homepage. There's a section titled subscribe to emails. We encourage you to continue to uh, look at those and enjoy those and enjoy all the opportunities you have to be a part of our life and faith right now in this strange time at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. We also continue continue to encourage you to give during this time that we are apart. You may do that by mailing your gifts directly to the church or by clicking the online giving button on our website homepage. This is an unprecedented time and your support is still needed as we continue to further our ministry within our community and in the greater world, particularly in such a time as this. Please continue to remember friends in our congregation who may be more isolated. Uh, there are those in nursing homes and care facilities or those who live alone, and perhaps those who are isolated in mind and spirit. And so please, please continue to reach out to anyone who comes to your heart and your mind in prayer. Reach out to them, let them know that you are thinking of them and that they are not alone. If you think of someone and do not have an address or phone number for them, you are welcome to contact the church office at office at mpcusa.net, and we'd be more than happy to provide that for you. And now, friends, as we remember today when Jesus journeyed into Jerusalem on his way to the cross, let us prepare our hearts for worship. Hosanna, Hosanna. The little children sang Through pillar, court, and temple The joyful anthem rang To Jesus who had blessed them Close folded to his breast The children sang their praises the simplest and the best From all events they followed Mean an exultant crown The 
your home worship bulletin, please join us in our call to worship. Look, your king is coming, humble and riding on a donkey. Hosanna to the son of David. Lay your cloaks before him, spread palms to honor him. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Raise your voices, lift your hearts, rejoice. Our Savior comes, Hosanna in the highest heaven. As we approach this Holy Week, we are faced with the difficult mixed emotions of how we praise and follow Jesus as he is approaching the cross, and also how we abandon and turn away from God. So let us take time now to reflect on our week and reflect on our actions and confess before God how we have fallen short. Let us confess our sins before God using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time of silent confession. Suffering God, the way of the cross is a hard road. It is draining, it is demanding, it is fraught with danger. You ask us to stay by your side as you walk toward Calvary, but weariness and fear overtake us. For the first disciples, we are quick to betray you, to deny you, to abandon you. Forgive us, God, and strengthen us for the journey ahead. As the darkness gathers, renew our faith, fill us with hope, and startle us with your grace. Friends, in a time where certainty of right and wrong is hard to come by, hear this good news of the gospel. Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Friends, in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, I invite my young friends, or those who are young at heart, to join me for our Time for Young Disciples. Now, some of you may remember that this time of year, I often have with me an Easter basket full of eggs. But they're not just any eggs. They're not the eggs filled with chocolate or jelly beans or little bunnies. These are eggs that are filled with the story of Jesus. 
Do you remember this basket? I've done it a number of times during our time for young disciples. The problem is I don't have my basket with me at home. It is at the church waiting for us to return. And so perhaps when we do return, we will again tell the story of Jesus with that Easter basket. But I do have a recording of my son, Ben, about a year ago. So he had just turned three and he and I were talking about those Easter eggs. And we describe what's in each of those eggs and also what part of the story of Jesus they tell. So I'm gonna invite you to listen to that recording right now with me and there are gonna be some pictures that come up that talk about the part of Jesus' story that we're talking about. And I would love for you to think about how you could continue to tell this story at home with your families in the coming week. So come and join us as we talk about our Easter eggs that tell the story of Jesus. Tell me again, why do, why do we have a pacifier? Because Jesus was a baby! You're right! And which one's, which one, here, here's number two. That one comes next. Oh. What's in that one? Hearts. And why are there hearts in that one? Because, oh no. Because... Jesus was alive. Well, because Jesus loves us, right? Yeah. That's why there are hearts. Yeah. All right, let's see. Number three is this one. Let's see what's in that one. Grass. Grass, like palms, right? Yeah. Because did they wave the palms when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem? Yes. Yes. And let's see, this is number four. What's in number four? A crest. A cross. A cross. And why do we have that one? Um, I don't know. Because Jesus died on the cross. Yes. And what's next? That one? What's that one? A rock. A rock like a stone? Yes. Because the stone was rolled away. Yes. And what's in that one? Nothing. Why? Because Jesus was alive. You're right. That's so good, buddy. Did you remember most of the eggs and what was in them? We are only halfway through this story, friends, as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, that egg that was full of the grass or the palms that remind us of the people who laid their palms as Jesus came into Jerusalem. And the rest of this week, the rest of this story is told. But we, as a body, as the body of Christ, continue to tell this story all the time. It is important for us to tell this story. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me, and you can repeat after me as we do that. Dear God, we thank you for the story of Jesus. Help us to remember that whole story and to tell that story this day and every day. Amen. See you next time. Friends, as we approach a time now for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts with a familiar prayer and hear it with fresh ears. Let us pray. 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Let us hear now a word of scripture from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but we have been watching a lot of movies in my house these days. And I'm wondering if you have ever seen the movie Aladdin. It's a story of a poor young man living on the street who comes across a magic lamp that contains a genie who will grant him three wishes. And one of Aladdin's wishes is to become a prince so that he can win the heart of the princess Jasmine. And there is this whole scene in the movie where a giant parade has formed to welcome the new and improved Prince Ali into the city. And this parade has taken over the city. It is a parade that's showing off Aladdin, I mean, Prince Ali's new wealth and his status and his armies. There are exotic animals in the parade. There's money being thrown to the poor and there just everything else you might expect beyond your wildest dreams of what could happen when a prince is riding into the city. And to a certain extent, this is what the people are expecting when they hear the Savior is coming. This parade begins to form in Jerusalem, and this 
is what the people have been waiting for. They have been waiting for the Savior to ride into Jerusalem. And not just any Savior, this is the one who has been promised, the one who prophets have prophesied about for centuries. This is the one who will restore peace and redeem forever the people of God. But the Savior they were expecting, the one they thought might ride in that day with war horses and weapons and armies and pomp and circumstance and power and wealth and might, that's not who rode into town. It turns out the one who rode into town turned out to be nothing more than the Prince of Peace. Poor and homely, riding into town on a donkey. As Jesus rode into town that day, he knew that this would be a town that he would never leave. We often forget this point amidst all of the palms and the parades and the hosannas, but it's helpful to reflect on this as we think about this Palm Sunday. As Jesus rode into town that day, he knew that this would be a town that he would never leave. He knew that his life had always pointed towards Jerusalem, for Jerusalem was not only the central focus of Jesus' story, but also of all of Judaism. Jerusalem was the place set to announce a new Davidic king and a new Davidic reign of power and dominance. Jerusalem was also the place set to welcome the power and authority of God's reign. It was always inevitable that Jesus would end up in Jerusalem if he truly was the Son of God. Except Jesus did not enter into Jerusalem that day in power and authority and dominance. Instead, instead Jesus entered into Jerusalem with vulnerability and humility. And he did so knowing that Jerusalem would be the city that would betray him. It would be the city that would crucify him. And he went in anyway. Have you ever ridden towards something that you knew was going to hurt? Or at the very least, it could hurt. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about moving toward harmful behavior or dangerous behavior in any way. What I mean is, have you ever moved closer to the truth of who you are in all of your brokenness? Have you ever moved closer to something terrifying or heartbreaking within your life or within the world that you knew might just kill you if you named it out loud or allowed yourself to truly feel it and experience the depths of the feelings that came up when you named it. This pandemic, we find ourselves in the midst of, it has, 
without question raised levels of fear and anxiety around the globe and in our own community. I have heard people express all kinds of fears about it, fears of getting sick, fears of dying, fears of loved ones dying or, or being alone, so alone during this time. These fears alone are enough to raise to our consciousness the vulnerability and fragility of our own lives in ways that we have never fully known before. But I'm not just talking about this pandemic. Because even in the midst of pandemics, hearts are broken for all kinds of reasons. Grief persists, cancer rages, loss still seems suffocating, addictions rear their ugly head. Relationships still crumble, violence erupts in homes and perhaps in this time even more than it did before in places where we ought to feel safe. I imagine we can all think of something either in our own life or in the life of the world around us that fills us with deep fear or unbearable grief or heartbreak that we aren't sure we could survive. Have you ever ridden toward something, toward something, knowing full well that it was going to hurt you? Have you ever allowed yourself to move closer to it in vulnerability or humility to truly feel it? I invite you to listen now to a poem from our devotional Sanctified Art by Sarah R. titled, The Wilderness is a Place Where We Are Brave. First, we have to name it. The heartbreak, the addiction, the shame, the grief. Whatever your wilderness is, first we have to name it. And once we've said those words out loud, we let that truth hang in the air. And we let ourselves feel what we feel. For in this moment, we are close to the surface. And after a few deep breaths, we begin the removing. Piece by piece, we take our armor off for truth-telling days, our soft skin kind of days. And once we are armor-free, hearts on our sleeves and tears in our throats, we stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the very hurt that wrecked us. And we don't try to swallow that pain away. And there, in all our beautiful God-given honesty, we say to that monster, I have love on my side. And her name is God. And no wilderness can separate me from that North Star. And I believe it will be the bravest thing you ever do and your knees might shake and you might lose your way 
But our God is a God of second chances. So take my hand. You are close to the surface. Let's be brave together. Have you ever ridden towards something knowing that it was going to hurt? Have you ever approached an obstacle or a challenge with nothing but vulnerability and humility? For weeks now, we have been talking about the wilderness and the journey through the wilderness. And I can name some of the wilderness that we all have experienced these past couple of weeks, but I cannot name specifically the wilderness that you have gone through during this Lent. I do not know the details or the depth of your doubt or your pain or your grief. I do not know the questions that are coming to you in the dark of night or the worries that keep you from sleeping. But I do know that a part of the invitation for this week, as we move ever closer and closer to the cross, is that we are called to remove whatever armor is between us and the heartache, to remove whatever is between us and our grief, to remove whatever is between us and our God. And we'll do as best as we can to try to not to shove it away or pretend that it isn't there. But to ride toward it with bravery and humility and vulnerability. To ride toward it like Jesus riding towards Jerusalem with faith in God. The unbelievable grace of this week, my friends is that even though Jesus knew what would take place in Jerusalem, even though he knew it was the city that would betray him and crucify him, he rode toward it anyway. And in so doing, God moved closer to us than we ever thought possible. Against God's better judgment, knowing that it would hurt, knowing that we would betray God and deny God and ultimately crucify God, God moved closer to us. And God moved closer even to the point of pain and death because God loved the world so much. God loved you. God loves you so much. And that love, my friends, is greater than any pain or grief or heartbreak that we may face in this world. It is a love that we are invited to move toward in the week to come, knowing that there is nothing we could do on this earth, no pain so great, no heartbreak so deep, no loss so profound, and no sin so appalling that any of it could ever separate us from the love of God. 
And so friends, let us journey into this week with gratitude for the love and the boldness that we will witness but also with a willingness to follow the footsteps of a God who rides on even toward the darkest places of this world. May we be willing to open our own darkness to God and stand in the shadow of God's grace and the shadow of the cross in all our beautiful God-given honesty and say to that monster, I have love on my side and her name is God. And no wilderness can separate me from that North Star. So let us be brave together. Amen. Friends, at this time, I invite you to join us in our home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. And I invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or talk with the people you are worshiping with today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. When in your life, have you been willing to ride towards something hard? That's the first question. The second question is what fear are you wrestling with this week? And the third question is how do you experience God's love or how would you explain God's love? We're going to encourage you to pause the video and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done writing or sharing with the people you are worshiping alongside, feel free to turn the video back on and we will enter into a time of corporate prayer together. Friends, let us pray. God, who is the source of all life, love, and power, we give you thanks. For in our faith in you, we may both be fearful and brave for what is ahead. Since the beginning, your eternal goodness has inspired perseverance in many before us. Through burning bushes, descending doves, and dazzling light, you have revealed your presence among us and proclaimed these comforting words, Do not be afraid. For your guidance throughout history and for the many miracles we see before us each day, we are truly grateful. We know you are there when healthcare workers are welcomed home to a round of applause on their streets, when phone calls and videos make us laugh and weep, when good weather and a touch of spring brightens our soul during the week. Wherever we see and feel you, Lord, we are grateful. Jesus Christ, Lord and Word of God, we shout with the crowds your praise this day and we ask you for your help. 
We know you have the power to simply speak and it is done. You have the power to command and order is restored. And so, Lord, we ask you now to intercede on the world's behalf. Whatever wilderness people experience, Lord Christ, show them the way to security and wholeness. Heal those who are sick. Maintain the health of all people who are running hospitals, who are running clinics, who are going to the front lines of this virus to fight for the lives of others. Grant our leaders wisdom and sound judgment so that people all over the world might be cared for especially those without homes or a place to go or somewhere where medical care is easily accessible. Give aid to those who have been laid off or who live in the constant fear of losing their job and thus paying their bills. Sit with all of us as we grieve what we have lost. Continue to connect the world with your never-ending and unconquerable love. Spirit of the living God, you move with us on our journey just as you moved with Jesus on the road to Jerusalem. Even though we are kept apart, gather us as a large crowd in your holy power. Cut down the barriers between us and use whatever branches we have to connect ourselves to your peace. Spread your love from house to house and room to room. Make straight your path in the desert so that our Prince of Peace may parade us towards our obstacles in boldness and bravery. For we know that you are by our side. We pray all of these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom will come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. My friends, as we head into both the terror and the beauty of the week ahead, let us be willing to ride on with Jesus into all that is dark, knowing that God's love is greater than any darkness this world can ever hold. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen.